It's episode 38 of the Catfish and Ice Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Bitten, your host with co-host Colin Bluen and Rich Howe coming to you on this Thursday evening and non-Preds game night, but the last time we saw you, the Preds were riding hot. They had a win over the Blackhawks once again, but now we're having to really deal with a horrible loss, a horrible collapse against the Blackhawks last night. But I am super pumped up about tonight's episode because I think that we are getting some crazy overreactions today in Smashville. I think people are pulling the ripcord way too much <laughs> over one loss. So I want to get you guys, I want to get y'all's quick feelings on how you feel about it. That collapse last night. Well, it was almost vintage. It almost felt Laviolette-esque, um, which is a harsh comparison, I know. But you know, it was one of those things where it was a bad loss. We should have we should have gotten away with two points. I think the frustration is that we're playing basically playoffs before the playoffs, and every game counts. And so we're not mathematically eliminated. You know, we're not hitting the, the eject button yet. But at the same time, we're not doing ourselves any favors, and we've got to get wins. Like when we're up, at, you know, with a three-goal lead or a two-goal lead, you got to be able to walk away with a win and get two points out of it. Um, we're not, we, we have to do ourselves better than what we did. And we lost focus. That's just all it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Last night when I was watching it, I mean, it was, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. It was like, I'd rather get beat seven to one than have a big, huge lead like that and, and lose it the way they did. But now that I've calmed down a little bit, I just kind of, you just kind of take it for what it is and just, they, these they things happen. I mean, I mean, yep. it, I mean, kind of the way I feel about it is these things happen. Yep. Uh, it's a hor- it's horrible timing. You would much rather take a loss like this mm-hmm. the first five games of the season, you know, maybe in October or something like that. Yep. But when you take a loss in that shape and fashion, when you have a team that's breathing down your neck for your playoff spot, yep. I think that's why everyone is reacting the way they are to that loss. It was. I mean, you're you're up. I wrote the timestamp. You're up. You're up four one. The Preds are coming up on the midway point of the third period. They're cruising along. Uh, it's it's real. Everyone's feeling like okay, we're probably going to get this win. And then, I mean, the bottom just falls out. Blackhawks make it four to two. And here's what's scary about the Blackhawks comeback for me. This all came at even strength. This yeah. wasn't the Preds parading to the to the penalty box and self-inflicted wounds, and we all know Chicago has a great power play. No, this was even strength. They were dissecting our defensive pressure. They were getting into our zone way too easy. Uh, and a lot of our top defensive players had pretty bad games. Roman Yossi had a, did not have a good game. Matthias Ekholm did not have a good game. It was, it was hard to watch, and it is what it is. You take it for what it's worth, but I'd still think that people are overreacting too much. And I think the Preds will be fine if they show that they can refocus, calm down a little bit, play their game. It's no accident that the Preds have beaten beat the Blackhawks the first six times this season. If this is a, a playoff caliber team, then they should be able to reshuffle everything, be fine, go into tomorrow, uh, Friday night's game against the Blackhawks, and get a win and, and yeah. settle this. You know, think- that's how I'm feeling about it. I think you got to play a little pissed off on Friday night, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you to gotta show that your focus is reignited, not pissed off to the point where you are self-destructing, but enough to show that, you know, you're not going to let that happen again, that you're going to re, like you said, recalibrate, focus up on what needs to happen and, and execute. Because the, the veterans, I think that was the biggest frustration. It wasn't rookies that were letting some of that stuff happen. It was veterans that were doing it. And it just looked like we were, we were flat-footed. We were caught out of position. We were doing things that we shouldn't be doing. It was, it was, it was reverting back to bad habits instead of sticking yep. to what we've done so well in this last stretch. So I, I'm hopeful for that. I will say, I mean, my, my low, I, I'm not crazy about the good Branson's experiment. I get he's a big body and I love that he, he checked the hell out of Patrick Kane, but at the end of the day, like we need someone that's going to actually keep people uh, you know, away from scoring goals. And he, yep. he was a liability mm-hmm. out there. And so I'm not sure I kind of, I want to see a little bit more of David Ferentz to see what we have because of the, the games that he's played. Hasn't been terrible. I mean, he's still, yes, he's a rookie, and it's kind of a an iffy moment to try to trust him, but the rookies have gotten us this far. I feel like it's kind of, it would be, 
disingenuous to not trust them to take us a little bit further, you know, especially considering what they've been doing. Yep. I will say, as far as what you were saying about the penalties, you're exactly right. I mean, we killed a four-minute penalty penalty or mm-hmm. uh, power play to end the game, and that was crazy because they're the number seven-ranked power play, and yep. our penalty kill stood tall, and we just couldn't pull out the win, and that's an unfortunate piece. But, yep. you know, recalibrate and get it on Friday. Yeah, I kind well, of equate uh, – I was just going to say real quick. Go I ahead, kind of equate, no, Go uh, ahead, yeah. I, I kind of think – when I think of Chicago, I kind of think of Dallas. Like you can't give them opportunities like they gave them, and they just gave them too many. Like I really like Ben Harper, but he had a couple of mistakes as well that that caused some issues. And like you said, good Branton as well. And it's just you can't give these guys any breaks like that because they will totally take advantage. And kudos to them actually because they were hitting some really good shots and they turned up the pressure. But you just so can't. Let's set up. Let's set up what we got in store for you for episode thirty-eight, real quick. This is the Catfish and Ice podcast. Colin Blue and Rich Howe and Chad Mitten are your hosts. We're going to get a little bit more into the game, but we also really want to preview the huge Friday night match matchup that feels like it's a definitely a playoff game. That's just how it feels, and so the, it, it's getting down to do or die time for sure. And we're, we're scoreboard watching right now. The Dallas Stars and the Red Wings are playing each other. And let's go ahead and give a golf clap to the Red Wings for coming out to fight tonight. And they're doing us – they're trying to do us a huge favor. I know that's hard to say about the Red Wings. But we're going to be scoreboard watching throughout episode 38. But we also, later in the episode, are going to talk about John Hines. Uh, John Hines comes up throughout the season. All, we're always talking about, okay – It's well-documented how we feel about John Hines on this show. We don't think he's the long-term answer necessarily at head coach, but the guy has done some really good things under tough circumstances. And Rich Howe wrote an awesome article today for Pradlines.com, so that that really gave us a good idea to to talk more about what next season looks like with John Hines as the head coach. So we're going to talk about that. And then we've also uh, have a really awesome interview lined up that we recorded with the WCB podcast, which covers the Blackhawks on the Hockey Podcast Network. And Zach, who's one of the co-hosts of that show, joined us to talk about the rivalry, talk about tomorrow night's game, talk about his pizza. We talked about pizza, of course. Talked (laughs) about a lot of good topics. So that's going to come on the episode when you download the podcast on all major podcast platforms. So make sure you do that as well. So – all right, we're presented by DraftKings, of course, and you've still got time to go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN to bet on NBA basketball as their playoff season gets close close as well. Uh, you can bet uh, $1 on a team of your choice to hit a three-point shot and win $100 in free bets. Go use that promo code THPN for the top-rated uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app in America and go ahead and do that. Restrictions do apply and it's for new users only, so keep that in mind. But, again, go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you haven't done that and use our promo code THPN. And you can also play the Daily Fantasy as well, which is a lot of fun. I can personally say that. So, so again, last night's game, Preds are up 4-1. to one. They're, they're buzzing all the way around. They're playing well. They're dominating. And then just the bottom fell out. It just these things happen. You see it happen in hockey all the time. You can never, ever say a lead safe in hockey. And I think we all probably got a little too comfortable last night in that third period. And the, the Blackhawks, hey, the Blackhawks finally beat us. Congratulations. Good Congrats. job. It only, you, it only took you seven tries this season. So don't stick yep. your chest out too much there. The famous yep. saying goes, every now and then a blind squirrel finds a nut. So there you That's go. That's right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the Blackhawks, they have some dangerous players on their team. They made okay. us pay last night. They've got plenty of players who can make you pay, and that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And so you got to make some adjustments here on the fly. You've got to be quick about it. I feel like if you go into Friday's game the same way you went into Wednesday's game, you're going to be fine because I don't see that happening again. I don't see the Preds letting that happen again. I don't see Roman Yossi having as terrible of a game as he just did. The rare bad game from Roman Yossi, I don't think that's going to happen again. I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to play much better defensively in this game. And I just I, – I'm feeling confident. I can't say that about every game going into it, but right now I feel confident that the Preds are going to refocus going to Friday night's game and get a big two points. And I'd really like to beat them in regulation because that yeah. can really just take them out of the conversation 
And then all we have to worry about is the Dallas Stars. That's how I'm feeling about it. Uh, of course, you're going to need another epic performance from UC Soros as well. And let's talk about – we say this a lot, but I, I feel strongly about this. These goals that the Blackhawks scored in this comeback, it was just defensive breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And Soros right. really had very little chance to make these saves. These weren't like sloppy, soft goals he gave up in this comeback. This was just the Blackhawks taking charge, hitting the Predators in the mouth, and they didn't. They let it snowball. We, I, I talk about this all the time. Sometimes the Preds will give up those really ugly goals, but a big theme that you that we've seen in the hot streak since March is the Preds don't let it snowball. It's like, okay, you gave up that one goal. It was four to two. Calm down. Let's let. That's just one goal. Let's not let let it snowball. But that's what the Preds did. They let it snowball into this horrible thing, and that's what happened. So, yeah, and like like I said earlier, they they reverted back to the old habits of just kind of collapsing under that pressure. And, and you know, the, things are going to get better. I mean, well, obviously, you know, we're getting some guys back too. Like we had Tolvin back for the first time, so that's a huge plus. And he scored. Um, he scored. He scored. He scored in five on five. We haven't seen a power play goal yet. Mm-hmm. I'm really. I'm feeling it. I feel like we're gonna have some Tolby time on Friday. But you know, it's nice to see him back. I'm not sure about how I feel about Rocco Gamali taking being taken out of the lineup for him. I think that there might be some other else he can go, and maybe Rocco can slot him for someone else. But you know, at the same time, who do you take out? It's kind of like you know, we're winning. It's a log jam. The lineups are really a log jam. It's a good problem to have. It is. But it's, it's it is challenging. There are some times, so I, I will say my feedback on that is I would take Hall out. I think I think put Rocco with Duchesne. Hall had two very, very, like, all he has to do is push his stick forward and the puck goes in the net, and he just missed him. He whipped him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think he's able to keep up with the, the, the setups that Duchesne has put out there. But overall, it's nice to have Duchesne back. Nice to have Forsberg. Uh, not Forsberg. Hopefully soon. But Hopefully, nice yeah. Have, yeah. And I said told close. him. Yeah, Fingers crossed. Nice I told him back. If we can get them for a playoff run, that'd be awesome. If we can get them for a run, you know, I think Columbus, hopefully we should knock on wood, have that in the bag. If we can get them for the final two games against Carolina, those could be crucial. I mean, those mm-hmm. could Here's be the deal. huge for us. Here's the deal. If the Preds can go ahead and cap this off and get into the playoffs, you got to think that by then, Forsberg's definitely going to be ready to go. And suddenly you've got pretty much your your entire roster back. I mean, we still, I mean, for the most part. And Luke Sabisa waiting in the wings. So, yeah. When you said pizza earlier, I thought you said Spiza. And I was like, so you guys talked about, that's weird. Talking about Luke Spiza. How can he not? He's a legend. We 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 haven't talked about him for a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. No, you're you're fine. We we need a Spiza jar. I just have to like throw (laughs) Luke Spiza in. I'm really going to get one of his jerseys, I think. Oh, you can probably buy it for 20 bucks. <laughs> That's fine. I might get two then. I'm going to get one for on each the, of us. You can definitely get it on the clearance rack for sure. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to buy again, you guys to go one back, for Christmas. To go back to it, it's going to be a shame if the Preds can't sneak into the playoffs right when Forsberg gets healthy. Because oh, I yeah. think playoff Forsberg, I'm all for it. Playoff Forsberg with Tolvin in. And, I even, and that Matthew Shane's been playing very well. I know, I know Matt Duchesne has so many critics, but, dude, this guy's playing well. He's playing aggressive. He's playing hard. I think he's only going to get better each game he plays. So I don't want to hear this Matt Duchesne talk here, uh, this Matt Duchesne hate. I think he's Luke played Cunning. pretty well. Luke Cunning, man's on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I really think this game's an outlier. Maybe you're, most of the time I'm the one that's not optimistic on this show. But in this case, I really think this game's an outlier. I think it's a big eyesore. I think it just happened. It happens to yep. the best of them. It happened at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just how it went down. I'm really focused on how they respond. Now, if the Preds come out on Friday night and just completely collapse again and just look horrible, I'm going to really start – that's when my panic meter is going to start rising quickly. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. panicking even a, a little bit right now. I really yeah. feel like that this team has what it takes to refocus – and and show us that that was just an outlier. It was a fluke. It happened. The, the silver lining is that you know last night was rough, but Detroit just went up five two on Dallas. So fingers oh. crossed that we got a little over a little, minutes. Yep. So let's fingers cross. Full fingers crossed. We're scoreboard. We're scoreboard watching throughout this entire episode for sure. Oh. And so let's talk about some other things about the game. So let's talk about the good things that happened when the game started. So I mean, it's one of those things for me where. I mean, the Preds just once again start, started the game, 
playing playing aggressive. They did give up the first goal though, which that was on Yossi. Yeah, Yossi with this yeah. bad turnover and, and it, it, you know, one of uh one of Chicago's really good young players made him pay. Uh, uh, Suter is a really good player for them, and uh, so that was one of those things. But the Preds responded. I really liked how they responded to giving up that first goal. They yeah. it's almost like they flipped a new switch when they when they went down one nothing. And uh, that's when Tolvanen got his 11th goal of the season mm-hmm. at even strength, not on the power play. That's very noteworthy there. And that was a, a big product of that goal, if you remember, was Victor Arvidsson. RV Hustle was on full effect on that play. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, he was basically fending off the defender, playing well above his size like he's done his entire career, may, held the possession around the back of the net, and then Tolvanen was able to get the goal. So that tied it. Then Colton Sissons had that brilliant, gorgeous mm-hmm. goal. Suddenly, Colton Sissons has eight goals on the season. And yep. Sissons has never been a big-time goal scorer for this team. So he's up there. Granlin gets a goal, makes it 3-1. Uh, he, continues his, he continues his strong play. I got I to gotta give a shout-out to um, another shirt I've seen out there. Where it says my granny is sixty four and it's uh, yep. it's Granlin's number in Preds yeah. colors or whatever. That's, I saw that. I gotta yeah, get I signed me up for that shirt. Uh, yeah. And then Luke Cunning got his sixth goal of the season, so it was four one and you're feeling great. But well, that Luke Cunning goal was like beautiful. I mean, Yossi oh, yeah. to um, who was it to Granlin and then Granlin passed it to Cunning. That was like textbook awesome play right there. I don't know. It was like. Should have been on the highlight reel. And and yeah. talk about let's talk about this. The Preds managed to get 40 shots on goal. How often has that happened recently? Not very often. And it's Even not very in their, often that well, it's not very often that uh, not PK Subban, but Malcolm Subban gets uh, 34 sa- or 36 saves. So even even in the Preds wins through their hot streak, they've still struggled to get a lot of shots on goal. So it's kind of like it's been a product of UC Soros just playing very well on his end. But in this case, the Preds got plenty of shots on goal. It wasn't that they weren't aggressive and weren't getting opportunities. They were getting plenty of opportunities. Oh, yeah. So Well, there, there was definitely some good takeaways from the game. I mean, we, our offense looked like it was buzzing at the right times, and then it just imploded at the end. Really, even at the end, the offense was still getting chances. They just couldn't get anything to go in. And that's Malcolm Subban turned it on when he needed to, and give him credit for that, give him you know, golf cup for that. But I think we really got to talk about I – th- I would say probably the two reasons we really lost. The first one is uh, – Jared Stillman's tweet, obviously. Oh man, but he's then, ca- he's <laughs> uh, poor Jared Stillman's catching so much heat. I mean, this this guy, and rightfully so. You don't you oh don't tweet that out before the game, yeah. but, oh, but the, man. The, the other reason though is uh, one of us wasn't able to watch that final uh, that final. Chunk yeah, of let me go. Let day. me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and apologize <laughs> to every Preds fan. Let me go ahead and lay this story out. Thanks, Colin, for uh, calling me out on this one. Uh, <laughs> let, let's hope my girlfriend's not watching. I don't think she is, but. Um, she had this bright idea. Let's go. Let's go out. To, let's get some. Let's get some food. And I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure wherever we go is going to have a TV. And um, this is like when the Preds were tied one to one when I left to go to this restaurant. We went to a really nice restaurant. Uh, had a great dinner. But the problem was when we get into this restaurant. This this restaurant only has uh, TVs in the bar area, and the bar area was full. So we had to sit in the dining room, and there's no TVs in this dining room. And, um, yeah, I was on edge because I could barely see – I could kind of see the TV in the bar area, but I could only see, like, graphics. I couldn't really watch the game from where I was sitting. I could just kind of see – like, if a goal was scored, I could kind of see the graphics. And so I suddenly see the Blackhawks just going on a scoring spree, and I'm, like, dying inside. And my girlfriend's like, oh, how's your how's your food? And I'm like, oh, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> so good. So great. My phone's like vibrating nonstop, like NHL apps going crazy. I'm trying not to look at it. She's not like, she's cool about it. She's like, what? but she's just not a big, she doesn't know a lot about hockey. So she's like, what's going on? What's going on with the Preds? And I'm trying to explain it to her. And I'm like, trying to You're make like, it more like about, about having a nice dinner and not about hockey. But yeah, yeah I was, like, I was slowly, I was slowly dying inside. And then I did happen to look at my phone and saw it was four to four going to overtime. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, how am I not watching this game right now? But, um, yeah, that was my uh, – that's that's how my night went. There's mm-hmm. there's room to grow. When I, when I first started dating my wife four years ago, 
She called the periods thirds. There were there was the first third, second third, and third third. That's good. Um, yeah, and and now. Well, now she has a schedule downloaded to her iPhone. That might have been me too, but she knows she can she can talk that hockey. She listens to the podcast and she knows what's going on. So, uh, some bad news: Dallas just scored in the power play. It's five. Oh my gosh! Six minutes. Come on! Dude. I'm I'm Six almost minutes. more nervous watching this game than I am the game last night that I did yeah. watch, that I got the chance to watch. So, yeah, we got six six forty five left in the third, and the Red Wings are have five goals on nineteen shots. Yeah, <laughs> stars. Stars have already gotten thirty six shots on goal. So yeah, we're gonna keep an eye on that game. But let's 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 kind of quickly preview Friday night's game. This rubber match, if you will, of this three game set. Preds are six zero and one against the Blackhawks this season. So what scares me about that is okay, the Blackhawks are starting to figure us out. Like we've mm-hmm. kicked their tail around all season, and now they're start. It's hard to beat a team that many times in one season. That's just insane. And the Blackhawks aren't scrubs. Like, they are a decent team. So, it's kind of like – that's what has me worried. I'm I'm almost more nervous that we've dominated them so much this season going into Friday night's games. I feel like they're starting to figure us out a little bit. But as I just said earlier in the episode, I am still confident that the Preds and the makeup of this team and the way this team has responded to adversity all season, I think they're going to go out and get a big two points. And I would really like it to happen in regulation. But it's really going to be predicated on how well of a game Soros has and how often we stay out of the penalty box. Even though the Blackhawks went 0 for 4 on their power play, which is – you mean to tell me the mm-hmm. Blackhawks scored five goals but they went 0 for 4 on the power play? That's a crazy stat for you right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic as well. I think that I agree with you, especially with the, – the reason for me not panicking is because it wasn't like – I don't. They beat us yesterday, but I feel like we beat ourselves more. I feel like mm-hmm. if, if we play focus, if we play our game, that's that's, that's absolutely true. So I'm, I'm going to call it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to shoot my shot here. I'm going to say three two, and it, it comes from two goals in the third period. We pull out the win in regulation three two. I love it. I just that's don't good. see. I don't. I, like I guess I'll predict a final score too. I don't see the Preds collapsing like they did last night. I think they're going to go into that game completely focused. Not that they weren't focused in the last game. But I do think that they're going to uh, see how they imploded and not let that happen again. I think they're going to still repeat how they played. They played very well. There's a lot of positive things you can still take away from that game. And they do know how to play the Blackhawks very well. That's why they've beaten them six out of six six times this season and then got to overtime. And the other game should have been seven out of seven times. And so I just think this team is very focused and they're going to do it. I'm going to actually be even more bold with my prediction. I'm going 3-1 Preds win. That's Multi-goal good. I like win. I think Soros is going to play one of those outstanding games that he's done plenty of times down the stretch of this season. I think we're going to get a big performance from him. And I just think this team's going to going to keep these playoff hopes alive. I don't see them imploding. My my head said 3-2, my heart is still saying 10 nothing, but we'll we'll get to yeah, that. Okay. Later. All right, Rich, you gotta you gotta throw your prediction in here now and get kind of give us I'll your say, thoughts on the game, your your quick thoughts on, on so, how you feel about this game. Yeah, I th- I just think they got caught off guard and were a little shell-shocked last night. Um, you know, they took them out of their game really quick. Like Matisse at home, like we said, he made a mistake that caused the goal. And I think they just put all that behind them. I'm gonna go four two. I think four two. Detroit just went up six three. Sorry. <laughs> I Did four two. Yeah. I've, four two. I've I thought never, you were like, I've ne- yes, Rich, 4-2. I love 4-2 I, as well. I, I, yeah, if you're watching the stream right now, I, I totally thought Colin was was fist pumping, fist pumping for Rich's final score prediction. You're no, so I'm smart. Like, you're so good, smart. Good job, Rich. Rich, four I two, love you, man. 4-2 <laughs> is an awesome prediction. I can 100% get behind that. No, I saw them have this awesome entry, and I was like, wait a minute. And so, that's great. So, I don't know. 4-2, I, I, think that's a, I think it's a good prediction. Yeah. Red Wings, we're all cheering for you. Six goals. That That's a very uh, – we love that. Keep what what, a, di- what a dirty sentence. Red Wings, were cheering for you. Uh, uh, no, I feel, I feel like I need to go take a shower after this podcast. <laughs> I'm yeah. filthy right now. I know. All right. That's awesome. So, we all made our predictions. But at the same time, winning, winning on Friday night against the Blackhawks doesn't really – set up anything other than maybe we can kind of push the Blackhawks out of this and turn this into a two-team race. That May 1st matchup with the Dallas Stars, even GM David Poyle said it. 
it's, why would it's you circled, say on, circled on all right. of our calendars right now. I'll be you there. Talk about, you want to talk about feeling like a playoff game? That game's going to feel like a one-game play-in game right there. And so no. and the, and the Stars still have these three extra games to play. One of them they're playing right now. And so that's how it feels. But at the same time, we can at least push the Blackhawks out of the conversation somewhat by just going ahead and beating them tomorrow night. And let's also talk about this. I know that they lost and it was a horrible collapse. But getting a point is still very beneficial, and the Preds mm-hmm. did that last night. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they just left with nothing. So we do got to take for that too. So I think what really hurts about it is the way they collapsed halfway through the third period. But uh, all right, That's so this easy. is episode thirty-eight of the Catfish and Ice podcast, presented by DraftKings, uh, with Chad Mitten, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen. And for the next segment, we are going to talk about John Hines once again. Because I do think he deserves a lot of credit. Not all the credit. I know Colin's not a – he's already shaking his head at me right now. Uh, he's going to get plenty of time to, to uh, talk about how he feels about it. But we're going to let Rich lead off this segment because he wrote an awesome editorial on Predlines.com that you can go read right now talking about how John Hines has pretty much earned himself a, long, a much longer stay in Nashville, if you will, based on how he's coached this team through a lot of adversity, a lot of mm-hmm. injuries. Um, yeah. Neck was stacked, stacked against them. Everyone was saying, sell the farm, sell everything. Or we were already talking about next season. We weren't even thinking about this season anymore really that much. Play all the young players, you know, all this stuff. And to his credit, this team does have a certain identity about them that he should get credit for. We don't get to sit in practices and watch them like we would like to, like we would love to. But I do think that John Hines deserves a lot of credit. And to the dismay of many people who aren't believers in John Hines, I do think he's earned himself so probably a good portion of next season and maybe the whole next season unless the press just completely tank to open the season. But Rich, kind of give us your, your basis of your editorial you wrote and kind of how what your thoughts on it with John Hines. Yeah, so I prefaced – well, I prefaced it with – I was one of the people who were saying he should be let go. Um, I actually put it in there twice. Um, I started feeling a little bit better about it. I was like, you know, he deserves another, he deserves another season. He deserves it, whatever. And then I started turning to like, we need to make a change, but then now they're in this search. So I kind of, I didn't apologize, but I was like, you know, Hey, I was, I was on, on the same boat with everybody else to get rid of him or whatever. But I was just thinking, you know, you just think back, like he's never had like a full season, like, He's, he's been with Nashville for two years now. He only has 76 games. That's not even like a regular season worth of games. And he's 41, 32, and three. So definitely better than his time when he was in New Jersey. Um, he has, a, you know, a losing record with them. And I just think, you know, once, once he got in and they started implementing his system or whatever, you know, he got all the guys to finally buy in. And, you know, it took a long time to unravel, you know, the Peter Laviolette system. And I think they just finally bought into it. Would we have liked to seen him buy in earlier? Definitely. But I just think that he's, you know, they're all a team. They're all a team together. It's the players. It's the coach. It's all of them. And I think you give all of them credit for for this uh, the surge that they're on. And I just think that he at least deserves, I would say, to finish his contract at this point. Well, yeah. real, real quick before you go, Colin you brought up his days in New Jersey. So when he was in New Jersey, he coached four full seasons there and then got fired quickly in his fifth season, got him to one playoff appearance, but his overall record with New Jersey devils was 150 wins, 159 losses, 45 overtime losses for a point percentage of 0.487. Whereas in Mm -hmm. Nashville, he's 41, 32 and three, with a 0.559 save or point percentage. So a much better point percentage in a much smaller sample size, but right. a much better point percentage. Now we have to see him do it in the playoffs, though, because he's never in his very mm-hmm. short amount of time in the playoffs as a coach. Nothing. Even if Ooh. you even go back to the if you go back to the Stanley Cup qualifiers, which counted as the postseason. Yeah. I mean, well, that was pretty well, bad. Only only two win, two playoff wins yeah. out of nine. Well, 
And, and I, I will say, I mean, part of it is that we've also, like, when we started going on this run, we started seeing some consistency. Now, there were injuries here and there, and some guys had to be slotted in, but the overall makeup of the team looked very similar, whereas mm-hmm. those first, I mean, the first, you know, couple months, really, there was people all over the place. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my conspiracy theory hat on now. <laughs> but okay. Maybe, just maybe, Hans was mixing up everybody so early because he knew the injuries were going to bite us and we needed guys prepared to play with other combinations of other guys. And maybe that worked out. Maybe it, it, maybe it was maybe it was pure luck that that happened and that the guys are used to playing with other guys other than the typical line mates. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's nice to see some consistency finally. I just wonder how it translates to next season. Do we start slow next season and then pick it up later on? Or, you know, and that part of it is not even on Hines. It's also on Jay, on David Pulley. So, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to have, you know, guys that are in consistent spots? Are we going to have guys returning that have earned their spots, earned their keep, especially the rookies? Are we going to give – we're going to make room for some of these talented guys that we have that are younger that are ready to step up. But I, 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 I'll give him – I'll give him one more season. I will say, you know, he has, he has turned my icy hot warm, I guess <laughs> is the best way to put it. I will say one more season, one, one full 82-game season – to see what he is, what he's got, what we have in him, um, and if it, if it if it implodes, you know, then we then we we, can, we have a lot of options, as you guys know. Well, let's but talk also, about well. well let's I, talk I, I, about. I, I gotta say one more as as far as you know he goes. Like part of it is that we have to understand as a fan base and also the management. Like, what is our standard? Are we going to settle for fourth place in the division and mm-hmm. barely getting into the playoffs, or do we think that we should be a cup contender or at least a Western Western Conference contender? And if that's the case. Even if he gets in the playoffs, I'm not sure he's that guy that takes it to that next level. So it's gonna he's gonna need a lot to prove in one year. So that's why. So, so John Hines has one more year left on his contract. So I definitely definitely think that with the way the team has responded and the way the team has played, whether they make the playoffs or not this season, I definitely think that he's earned himself to coach out his contract. And then, yeah. you, but here's the deal. What what do we need to see? The you kind of just touched on it, Colin. What do the Preds need to do next season for us to feel like okay, we're going to give you a contract extension? I think that, at least that's like, kind of, I know I'm thinking way ahead here. No, I mean but, you're, no, you're you're right. I think for me, it's at least at, at a minimum, and this is the minimum for maybe a two or three year extension tops is third place in the division. Nothing less. If it's anything less than third place in the division, I'm not sure I give him an extension for more than a year to year basis if he if he's willing to. I would agree yeah. with that. I think that's a good call. Especially since Poyle's pushed all his chips into the middle and is keeping all these guys, you know, you're putting you're kind of giving uh Hines, you know, that's what you have to work with and that's what you're gonna have next year. So you're gonna have to make the best of what you got and turn this turn it uh Turn it around for next season. It, this whole turnaround has definitely saved John Hines' job going into next season. If this yeah. doesn't happen, and if the Preds kept going down that same path where they were just imploding and it was over and it looked like they were going to be right down there with the Red Wings for for a last place in the division, I definitely don't think he makes it to next season. No. But with this big turnaround, you have to definitely give him uh, at least a, a decent share of the credit for – for holding this team together, for managing a group of young players. He kept them focused. And uh, we we hated the whole line shuffling that was constantly happening. I thought he brought some some, uh, consistency to the lineup there for a while, and that that was nice to see. He eventually did start doing that, and that was good. That was – like we were all happy to see that because – it's so frustrating when you're like, why are you not playing these two guys together? And then he finally did start doing that. And we're and seeing that, some new things we can latch on to as fans, like the herd line, man. I love, I love seeing yes. those guys set the pace. I gotta say mm-hmm. D- Detroit just scored an empty netter. So it's seven, three looks like they're going to get out of this one yes. with the W and regulation, which is awesome. Uh, but no, I think with, with Hines, Hines is a special case because, you know, Barry Trotz was our first coach and, and obviously, you know, he did really, really well for us. We're always going to be thankful for what Trotz did for the, the franchise. With Laviolette, there wasn't as much of Heinz' reputation at stake because Laviolette already won a cup. So, like, mm-hmm. the guy had clout automatically. When he made the Heinz hire, that Laviolette – It was baffling. It was, GMD, it was baffling for all of us. Dave Poyle, he, he tied himself to Heinz because if Heinz gets fired, I have to imagine so does Dave Poyle or he retires. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it was a baffling hire. There was no playoff uh, winning history. There was no you know regular season really winning history. He, he It's a huge bet, and when you do that, 
that means that you're going to go the same way that coach goes because and it was a rush. It was such a well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing was it was such a rush hire. It was like, why didn't we just go the interim route and then hire a coach in the offseason? It was such a weird hire. Like normally, when you see a team rush into a hire like that, you're you're going after a big fish. You're going after some right big time proven head coach that just happens to be free. Yeah. Which like you're almost like wow this coach would never be free hardly ever and this coach just ha- it's almost like you're and wanting to date the the most popular girl in school and she just happens to be single so you, you got to go go shoot your shot it's like but it was weird because it was like that that's not that, how we view John Hines as far as being a, right. a coach that you had to go out and get really quick. And, and yeah, nobody nobody was clamoring for John Hines. I mean, if you if you look at even just New Jersey Devils Twitter, they're like, oh, "Good luck with that." Yeah, but, but I gotta yeah. say, I but mean, I, oh, a week later though, Richard Gallant was available. That that kind of stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just gotta say, like, go ahead, go ahead Rich. Go ahead. No, you I was go just ahead. gonna say when you look at it, Hines or not Hines, uh, Poyle must have seen something in him because I, I didn't follow. I mean, I don't know much about New Jersey, but I know like during while he was there, they had not the greatest team in the world. No, so Paul must have, must have seen something in him with, you know, if he said, I can take, you know, if he did this with New Jersey and they were bad, just he might be able to take this team who, you know, I've got all these superstars and Forsberg and Yossi and, you know, maybe he can turn them around. And another thing, well, here's, a, here, here's another thing where I'll give some credit to John Hines. I definitely think this team is way more uh, disciplined and focused and plays for each other way more than what I was seeing in that toxic locker room that it was looking like it was turning into with Peter Laviolette. So you can say all day that Peter Laviolette's a way better coach than John Hines. And he's obviously is, he's accomplished a lot in this league, but when you take away, when you put in the other part of it, the culture, maybe if you will, was kind of getting bad. The It just didn't seem like these, the players were playing for each other. When and that's when Laviolette got fired. So I will give an, I'll give some credit to Hines. I feel like he does have this locker room very very strong. I I love how these guys play for each other. They battle for each other. There's no one out there skating out there thinking that they're some superstar. They all play for each other. It feels like a blue collar team. It feels like a team that just it goes out there with an intensity and a I'm going to prove everyone wrong type of mentality. And I love it. Chip on your shoulder. Hockey, and I think John Hines has been a head, been a really good head coach in that sense. Yeah, and if you think about the last uh, year of Laviolette, and well, really the last two years when you'd watch those guys play, when there'd be someone um, like pushing around one of their players, who would go out there? Like Austin Watson would go out there and like maybe push him around a little bit. Yeah, you see the whole team. Like when somebody's doing something, see, they all jump you would on. see you would see Austin Watson go out there and and initiate a yeah. fight, and then just get embarrassed most of the time. Yeah. But now, it was but just now like, you it was, get all of them. Yeah, yeah they're all. Yeah, it's like no one, no, they, no one is afraid to step up and stick up for another teammate. I love that I mean, about this team. We saw Victor Arvidsson fight somebody. Like, <laughs> never <laughs> see Luke Cunning, or even like look at Luke Cunning. I had no idea when we got Luke Cunning that he was such a brawler. Like this yeah. guy's a bulldog. He's out there, like, and and you know Nick Cousins. Like I know Nick Cousins mm-hmm. hasn't given us exactly the returns we would want wanted to get yeah, out of him. But he's another. But he's, a, but he's another guy that's out there just ticked off constantly. Yeah. You know, Eric yeah. Holla always ticked off. Ryan Johansson's gotten in some skirmishes. I mean, it's just this entire team is just yeah. plays ticked off that. hockey. It's not yeah. just the fourth line. Typically, it's your fourth line that does all the dirty work. It's lines like one it. through four yeah. that just isn't afraid to get nasty. I really miss Olivier. So, yeah. <laughs> if we can get the, the Bluxy Bowl back, that'll help us out a little bit. Definitely. I mean, Janot's been playing great, though. I'm really he impressed has. with him. Tanner Janot, he he's another guy that's just out there. Like I just love it. I love everything about it. And I do think this, this type of hockey could translate well to the playoffs. When you're in a grueling seven-game series, I don't care who you're playing against. When you're playing a team like the Preds play, that style where you're just – Gritty and yeah. you're and you're playing that intensity all the time. I can promise you that it's not going to be an, they're not going to be an easy out if they figure out a way to get in. The problem is they got to figure out a way to get in. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's it. the thing. Once they get in, I I don't. Everyone thinks they're going to get swept, and I don't. I don't think they're going to get swept. They're going to make the series interesting. I don't know if they're exactly. going to play it, but they're going to make it interesting at the very least. 
I don't see this. I don't see this group. I don't see this group of players just lying down. I don't see it from them. And that's that's a big reason why I have confidence that last night's game or the loss on Wednesday night for whenever you're listening to this podcast, the loss on Wednesday night and the big uh, collapse. I think it's an outlier to go back to that, yeah. and that's why. And I and to round out this segment, I give John Hines a lot of credit for that. I think he's definitely coached a really. Uh, a really strong locker room that plays for each yeah. other. And the coach and deserves you, credit for that. It really makes you excited for next season. I know I don't want to like jump ahead or anything, but just to see like when you get Forsberg and Tolvin and back, what he's going to be able to do with like some training and some, you know, an actual uh, training camp, just it, it's exciting to see, uh, see him play this way now. And just, they're only going to get better hopefully next year. Yep. And we do, and also you get if you get Philip Tomasino into the roster next year. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to be very very um, amped up about next season. Regardless of how this season ends, I'm still going to be very very amped up when next season gets here in October, which they kind of came out and said kind of gave a tentative timeline that next season is going to start only a week late, later than normal. That's the plan. So it looks like we're getting back to normalcy for the 2021-22 season. Can't wait. Uh, keep, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so I definitely think John Hines has submitted himself as the, definitely the head coach, most likely for the entirety of next season, unless something crazy happens and the Preds are just so awful that they're just like one of the worst teams in the league. Other than that, I think that he gets – I think he makes it through one more season – and then the Preds, then the Preds will have a, a tough decision to make as far as do we re-sign this guy or not. But right. he's he's definitely done some good work with the team. Real quick, let's let's get one more segment in of the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode thirty-eight. A quick segment, something that's really near and dear to me, just because I'm a Nashville native, and that is not okay. I want playoff hockey for Nashville, not just because obviously I want to be in the playoffs and it's fun to watch playoff hockey. But seeing playoff hockey back on Lower Broadway, where people are safely socially distancing and all that stuff, but they can, so we can still have that atmosphere and that camaraderie back on Lower Broadway, going to Bridgestone. I mean, we haven't had that intensity since 2019 when they played the Dallas Stars in the first round. So it, it would be huge for the city. It'd be it'd be great to see. I, I know Preds fans are starting to really get latched onto this team again thanks to players like Tolvanen and Tanner Janot. And so it's big. It's bigger than just making the playoffs. Even if they get knocked out of the first round, seeing Bridgestone Arena host a couple playoff games against the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Carolina Hurricanes will be massive for this for the community. That's 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 had a rough year with the Christmas Day bombing mm-hmm. and with with COVID and with the tornado and so many bad so many things affected the national community. This would be an awesome thing to see happen uh, for the national community to see the Preds host a couple playoff games. So it's bigger than just it's bigger than just you know wanting to make the playoffs on the scoreboard. It's it, it's big for the community. Absolutely, uh, I definitely want to see it. Uh, you want to see the energy again. You know, every hopefully everybody's getting vaccinated if they're able to, and, and they, they feel comfortable yes. to do so. But um, yeah, I survived mine. Got, got both of mine, and yep. I was. Was was good to go, so I'm excited to see things get back to normal. I'd love to see. I mean, there's a, it was just a different kind of sense of community when you have playoff hockey when you when you have a, a watch party outside because mm-hmm. the arena is full. And, Out in the plaza, kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's just it's exciting. We're we're going to the game on the first, so we're really excited because that's against the stars. So that's like that could be a that could be a fun game to go to for us. But yeah. uh, that might be my playoff fix for this year. But you know, I want to see I want to see the National Faithful out. I think that's this town needs someone to you know rally around and between Nashville SC and the Predators, if both of those teams are clicking, mm-hmm. you got a happy you got a happy Nashville. So let's let's see it. But yeah, I'm all for some playoff hockey back in the Nashville. So not even have a, oh, just real quick, I was gonna say not even like playoff hockey, just a return to normalcy to like regular games. You know when you go and like everybody's like crowded out in the plaza waiting to get in and like one of the games I went to. Um, Pete Weber and Terry Crisp came outside and like were shaking people's hands, and I got pictures with both of them, and just like just that whole atmosphere. Well, just and being if we, uh, yeah. and I'm glad you brought the plaza thing because I mean, if we can if we can create an event, a playoff watch party outside in the plaza mm-hmm. where it's you know it's safe and it's socially distanced and stuff, but we can still have people outside, you know, watching the game. That would be awesome because yeah, that's yeah. a that's a fun little area to watch a game right there outside in that yeah. plaza. It's almost better. It's almost better than being inside, honestly. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. 
So I'm, I'm all for that. So the Preds had this extraordinary opportunity to, to get in the playoffs, give us some playoff hockey in Smashville again. And so we're all for it here on the Catfish and Ice podcast. It's been a really fun season. We've enjoyed bringing the podcast to you. And, and coming up next, in episode 38, is from the WCB podcast, who covers the Chicago Blackhawks. They're a part of the Hockey Podcast Network with us. And we were very, very thrilled to have him come into enemy territory and join the podcast. So make sure you go listen to, go listen to that coming up next on episode 38 of the Cash Mission Ice Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 38. We've got an awesome segment for you lined up here. We've got Zach of the WCB podcast, who covers the Chicago Blackhawks, is joining us for a segment here. He's been kind enough to come into enemy territory here and discuss this big game that we got going on tomorrow night. Uh, three games set this week. The Preds collapsed badly last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Epic collapse. A lot of people are freaking out here in Nashville today. We, we, uh, we've we already talked about the game earlier in episode 38, and now we're very, very happy and excited that Zach joined the podcast. Uh, how are you doing today, man? You know what? You're a lot better than you guys, apparently. Um, enjoying it. Um, small victories on the season. You got to take them, especially when they're against the rivals. Um yeah, I yeah. feel like we always have these epic comebacks against you guys, and they don't they don't ever get less sweet. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. That's the- I'm sure they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're few and far between, so we gotta give you that. You know, at least we gotta give you at least one every now and then. Just right. make it make you feel better, make you uh, feel like you got a go. chance in the series. So <laughs> no, I, I, I will say we'll, we'll get right. into it a little bit later, but I did I did talk so much smack about Chicago style pizza and now I gotta eat eat crow, no pun intended. So <laughs> but uh what, what, how do you feel about the season? I mean, like this season's been kind of wild just because of not only the coronavirus, but just because of the realignment of the division and everything else that's come with it. Like it's not it's not normal to see a season a team, you know, three times in a row or even two times in a row the way we've had, you know, these back to back games in this series. How do you feel like the season's gone? What do you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, so as a general hockey fan, I've been loving this. I think that this whole division play um is fantastic. I will wish there was a way once we get back to normal 82 game season to kind of like find a way to like incorporate the division games a little bit more often and maybe do more of a series style, like a baseball schedule where, you know, you go play teams two, three times in a row, go on, help cut down on the travel and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, especially, you know, bringing Detroit back into the division. Um, who's like biggest rival for the Hawks that I think the NHL messed up for that one by, you know, ruining that. Cause I mean, that was the biggest rival in NHL hands down until that they realigned the division and the conferences and all that. And what, um, what a time to get them back in the division too. Right. Right. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> in time for both of us to not be great. Um, but hey, y'all surprise people though. Now. Come yeah, on now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's honestly the funniest thing is going into the season. Um, when we were doing our season preview, me and my co-hosts we were talking and I was like, so what's your expectations? And he goes, I'm living life by the motto of set the bar low and you can't be disappointed. <laughs> so everything, you know, every time then the first two games happened, we got destroyed by Florida and Tampa and all that. So we're like, okay, bars low, can't be upset. And then all of a sudden they start winning and we're just like, Oh shit. Um, do we need to, uh, do we need to start, you know, have expectations now, but all right. yeah, it's all bonus right now for us in a way. So that kind of leads me to the, a question I got for you, Zach. So kind of how are Blackhawks fans? What's their perspective? I know they're, it's a very storied franchise. Uh, the fans have always had very high expectations for the Blackhawks. So just kind of from a Blackhawks perspective, how are, how, how are you all feeling about how this season has gone? Is it playoffs or bust? Like kind of how – I kind of want to see how, how uh, you all are seeing it up there as Blackhawks fans. Yeah, it's really – it really depends on, you know, the type of fan you're looking at. Um, you had the fans, you know, like me and like so many that, you know, grew up with the franchise, grew up in the 90s watching just absolutely terrible hockey. Um, then you got the fans that jumped on on 2010 when they won the cup and all that kind of stuff. 
So it's like, it really depends on who you're looking at. People are either at the extreme of like, oh my God, this is going to be playoffs no matter what, or this team is terrible. Why am I wasting my time? Um, the fans that kind of know, know about hockey, know about, you know, what they need to be doing and all the situations that the Hawks are in right now, they are happy with the idea of playoffs being a possibility. Um, I think some people are getting the expectations a little too high. They're expecting the playoffs and because the way the whole season was going and this little letdown, um, it will pass like a month or so. Um, they kind of, you know, are kind of a little bit disappointed, but I think that a lot of people are smart. People are seeing that this is a great, a great season to let these young kids come up, you know, develop and play and kind of yeah. get experience out there. Um, then you got the, the unrealistic fans that are still convinced this is a Stanley cup team and that it's going to be a cakewalk and no matter what, it's going to be ending with, uh, the cup coming back to Chicago, which even if we make the playoffs, it's not happening. I'm sorry. I gotta <laughs> I gotta, yeah. I really feel like the Preds and the Blackhawks are in very similar, uh, spots right now when it comes to, they're playing a lot of youth. The expectations were really low for both teams there for a little bit. And now both teams suddenly have a chance to get in the playoffs but there's only one spot open and you've yeah. also got the Dallas stars hanging out too. So you've got one spot open and you've got three teams basically battling it out. What more could you ask for as a hockey fan? But it's going to be, it's going to be some really intense uh, emotions going on here for the rest you of got, the season. And, yeah. You got 10 games left on the season, give or take, depending on the schedule and all that. And it's going to be playoff hockey the entire way. So you're getting playoff mm-hmm. hockey before the playoffs start. Like what more can you want regardless, like being a hockey fan in general, it's just amazing. And the fact that so many teams are still in it. I mean, take Columbus and Detroit out of it for the, the central division. Every team is got is, is fighting for playoff position right now. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's been crazy to watch. Cause there's been a lot of Adam flow. Like what you said earlier about the expectations starting the season and then you start winning. You're like, okay, do we have something here? We were kind of the opposite. We were kind of like the mirror image of that, of like our season to start was just like sell everything, sell the hot dog stand. So, so sell everybody we could and anything we could, and let's get some prospects and some stuff out of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, midpoint of March hits and it's like, we go on this tear. And so that gives us this idea of, okay, like we're a playoff team now, right? Like that's gotta be what it is. We turn the corner and, and maybe it is that we're the fifth place team, you know, or that we are the fourth place team and we might see an early exit in the playoffs, but there's been a lot of surprises across the board too, just because I know that when we were going through our expectations, like I'll be honest, we had Chicago probably in our seven spots or six spots, maybe. And I think a lot of people did. And, and you guys surprised people. And then, you know, vice versa, people wrote Nashville off. It was like Nashville's dead, sell everything. Like Ekholm was on the block. Forsberg was being talked about as being a trade piece. And it turns out we're, I guess, pseudo buyers, if you call it good Branson to buy. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. <laughs> um, still not crazy about that. Did not have the best game last night. So I'm a little, I'm a little. I'm not so long ago, Branson. I'll, I'll be that guy, but um, no, it's been, it's been a crazy ebb and flow of just, you know, hockey, especially when you look at like teams like the, the Panthers, I feel like nobody, I feel like nobody watched the Panthers last year, except for Pan- the Panthers fans. Oh yeah. And then you see them this year and it's like, Oh, they got a good team. Like he's got really them, good and, and they got some good players that have, that have been, have been through it with other franchises. So yeah, it, it's, it's crazy to watch, but for you, as far as like the the Chicago like the Chicago fan base, how do they view the National Predators? Like, do you guys view it as, as a rivalry like we do? Because I know for us, like, we consider Chicago like that's that's it's Chicago and Detroit are our rivals. Like, those yeah. are the teams that we'll throw hands against. How do you guys feel? Do you think? Um, I think that you guys would be considered like a third tier rival for us. Um, I think that it's seen as Detroit, St. Louis, Nashville. Um, we can support that because we don't really care for St. Louis much. Either. Yeah, and I just think that there's <laughs> there's just the, the hate between St. Louis and Chicago throughout the years. It's just it's always a bloodbath. Where when it's Nashville versus Hawks, it's like yeah, you can tell they don't like each other, but it's good hockey. It's just it's exciting hockey and all that, and you don't really get that. Like it's more of like I don't know if it's the right way to describe it, but it seems like there's more of like a mutual respect for like the for what each team can do when you watch Nashville versus Blackhawks where you're watching Chicago, Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, it's just, let's just murder each other. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just end this. Well, um, it, goes, it goes beyond hockey too. Cause you guys have a baseball rivalry too. So that exactly. Works. Yeah. But I mean, I, I would love to Nashville to be a rival. I definitely like, I would love to see them step up, especially now that we don't, we don't play Detroit every besides this year. We only play them twice a year. So it's like, I think that the game's better having when you have more rivals. And I think that, unless your team's hated by multiple fan bases, your, your, your team's not doing something right in my opinion. And I'll, get, uh, yeah. 
I'll take I'll take third tier rival but for, uh, as a compliment from a yeah. from a storied yeah. franchise like the Blackhawks. Who uh, there's plenty of teams you can choose from. I'll take a th- I, I think that that's kind of a compliment co- for coming from a Blackhawks fan. So uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I but mean, I, enjoy- I, no, just no disrespect at all when I said that at all. I no, just think I, I, I take that yeah. as a compliment. Yeah, uh, we're being we're being joined by Zach, who is, who does the is a host for the WCB podcast, which is a fellow member of the Hockey Podcast Network. They cover the Chicago Blackhawks, so we're really really thrilled to have him join us for this segment of episode thirty eight. Uh, so I got to talk about. I kind of got to ask you how you see tomorrow night's matchup going. Uh, we're filming this on a Thursday, so uh, Friday night's the rubber match, so to speak, when you talk about this three-game set that's happening this week that feels like a play-in series, honestly. It really feels like a like a play-in series to get in the playoffs. It has that playoff feel to it. So you can throw your biases in there if you'd like, but how do you see tomorrow <laughs> night's game going? Oh, man. Um, I really – I'm wondering who they're throwing in that. Um I'm hoping it's Lincoln and I hope Lincoln gets the, gets the start. And cause usually when he has a rough outing and he sits a game, then he comes back in there, he comes out, you know, hell blazing and is just a phenomenal goaltender. Um, Subban scares the shit out of me in that. And I, I don't understand. I'm not sure which one of you runs the Twitter, but you guys said something you were like laughing, like, Oh, NBC pumping uh, Subban's tires. And he comes in and lets in the goal. Yeah. I was dying. At that. That. <laughs> yeah, I was dying at that because I'm just like, I don't understand what everybody thinks that super like he's such a great goalie. Like, I don't know. Like, if you ever listen to our show, like every time the Hawks lose and it's a super game, it's okay. What did he do this time? Like, what? Like, he's just a deer in the headlights. Doesn't know what's going well, on. I will say this year's Preds team has a really good knack for making not so good goaltenders look like Vesna candidates. So oh, uh, that's kind of, it's kind of the running joke this season. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's all, I guess that's all Subban needed was to, was to maybe get a game. against the Predators. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he, I thought he had, some, even though the Preds got plenty of goals last night, um, I thought they got four goals. I still thought Subban made some really clutch saves, especially early in the game. Yeah. So the thing with him, like my biggest thing is that, he makes big saves, but I don't think he realizes he's making them. He's the type of player that I think is just throwing his body out there and hoping it hits him. And then because every time if you if he plays on Friday, just watch. Anytime the puck hits him, he's instantly looking behind him. He's looking side to side. He has no idea where the puck's at. So it's like it's just like what are you doing? Like it's scary. there's the amount of goals too that he just sits there and he thinks he has that squirt behind him and just go in. It's just it's unbelievable. His brother played a similar style of defense, but he had a hell of a slap shot, so we liked him up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see you too, because I remember when he started playing with uh, Vegas, and it was like he, they, there were flashes, but he just looks like the guy that, you know, he's a, he's a backup that can see a couple games, but yeah. is he the guy you can rely on, you know, night in, night out? That's that's the big question. So we're, we're kind of lucky because we've had, you know, we've had Pecorino for, for so long, and even Pekka in his twilight, like he can still steal us plenty of games, and even when UC, UC Saros was out, like, he was still being a very, I mean, he was still a very strong goaltender for us. He kind of started that run for us, but we've been lucky to, to have that guy. What are the, what are the young players or prospects that you're most excited about as a, as a Blackhawks fan? Oh man, Kirby doc. Um, he is, I, I mean, it's upsetting that he was injured to start the season because and he missed first that he missed worlds. And then he, he missed the start of the season because this was primed to be his like coming out party. Like he looked so good at the end of last year into the playoffs. And then going right into like the world, uh, world juniors, like training camp and all that kind of stuff. And then the unfortunate break, um, he's going to be amazing, I think. Um, and it's going to be, cause a lot of people are kind of like, really, he was the third overall pick that year. And I think right now he's got the potential to be that top pick in that draft because the other two, I mean, I'm even drawing a blank right now who was drafted before him this year, th- that year. Um, couldn't, couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, oh, Kako, uh, Capo, Capo Kako from New York. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I forgot who the other one was, but um, he's going to be great. Um, I think um, really our defensive core, which is what we desperately need. We need we need to move on from from the Keith Seabrook defensive core and move on to this next generation. Uh, Boquist, uh, Bowden, Ian Mitchell. Um, oh God, there's so many. Like we keep picking up. He stand, that, that's like Stan's go to is the trade for like these former first round defensemen that aren't really at selling where they're at kind of thing, but yeah. And then Lincoln and Lincoln and I've been high on him 
I remember our first one of our first episodes that we recorded the show three years ago. It was right when after Finland won the world championship and he was the goalie for it. And we were just like, man, this kid's going to be something. And now that he's up there, it's just, it's really nice kind of seeing that young core coming up now. Cause it's like, you're going to, this team is going to build around to bring it doc and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's really nice to see that Kane Taves, Keith Siebes, they're all getting phased out a little bit, but you know, we're kind of starting to see who's taking their place. Well, we'll say, you know, we, as national predators fans, um, we're excited to see you guys grow because we're in the same boat. We've got a lot of young young guys that are stepping up that we've been wanting to see for a while, and we're finally getting the opportunity. Unfortunately, usually because of injury. But yeah. one thing I will say is, you know, as you phase these young guys in, make sure nobody takes Connor Murphy's job. We really appreciate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, him. I before I was like protect him at all costs, and then watching him play this past like past season, I'm like I'm hoping Seattle grabs him and uh, the attention draft. Yeah, there, there are some guys we've kind of we've been in like a little bit of same like ebb and flow all year of like. All right, like this guy's had, you know, a little bit a little bit iffy. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, a guy like Colton Sissons or, you know, uh Callie Arncroke will go off for a hat trick. It's it's a uh, it's tough to watch because you're like, all right, who is gonna be left out from the expansion? Yeah, it's gonna uh, be really interesting. And then you guys, so I also have to talk about like you guys. I'm not gonna I don't know his name. I can't pronounce names, I butcher them all the time, but the, <laughs> your guys your guys draft pick this past year, first round, the eleventh overall, the goalie, the Russian goalie. Oh, Askarov. Oh, Askarov. God. Yaroslav. Yaroslav, that's well, okay. So, the some of the four I, I heard in the uh world junior championship, his last name is actually Askarov, not so it's kind of like you can kind of cool. pronounce yeah. it different ways, but I think it's Askarov, but yeah, he's we're we're waiting, we're waiting to get him in a couple years from, from the KHL. Well, wow, we're really excited about him. Have him and Saros, like, I oh god, you guys, I mean. I was sitting always, there. That's, that's always been kind of our thing is we know how to, we know how to check that box. We always know how to have a pretty uh, sturdy uh, situation going on in net. So we're kind of banking on that for sure. But it um, was draft night, draft night. I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, that's who I wanted. That was the pick I wanted. And I'm sitting there he's falling, he's falling. I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, Nashville. I'm Carey like, price. <laughs> I mean, you're getting Carey price uh, yeah. comparisons here. So that's always a good, I'll take that comparison all day. I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, okay, that team doesn't need a goalie. That team doesn't need a goalie. And I'm like, oh, Nashville doesn't need a goalie. But oh my god, they're gonna take him. They're gonna take him. And sure enough, <laughs> you had to. Like they did damn. the. They definitely. <laughs> the Preds were definitely thinking long term investment on that one because yeah. I thought there was some really good uh, scoring type of forwards still on the board at that point. I, I I wanted Seth Jarvis personally, who ended up going wow. to Carolina, I believe. But I'm still happy with Askarov. I think he's. I think it's still a great pick, and I think uh, he's the. He he really reminds me of Pecorino in a lot of ways. The way he the way he takes up the net, the way he's uh can just dive all over the place. So we're definitely excited about that pick. All right, real yeah. quick before we uh let Zach get out of here. Uh he again he does the he's one of the hosts of the WCB podcast covering the Blackhawks as part of the hockey podcast network along with us. And so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and throw the predictions out here right now. Prediction for tomorrow. Uh with the Blackhawks and the Preds, because this game right here could very well uh, be for a playoff spot. I know we got the Dallas Stars yeah. hanging around there as well, but uh, if the Blackhawks are going to get back into that fourth spot, they got to beat the Preds tomorrow. So let's get your prediction. Oh man, yeah, this is it. I mean, if if we don't come away with the win here, like it's one of those situations where it's like we need the win. We uh, overtime point doesn't do us any good. It's like it has to be a win. Um. God, my heart says we're gonna we could pull it off, but I think my brain says homer pick. We'll, we'll yeah. allow a homer pick. Yeah, so I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna be a homer. I say I think they're gonna pull it off. I think I think Strom's gonna be back in the lineup tomorrow too. Um, I think that that adrenaline rush from the Hagel over t- overtime goal is gonna carry over a little bit, and I think that yeah, I think they pull it off. Well, you want you want to go score? Give or us you just score. Come on, score. Let's say. We'll say four three. Ooh. Regulation? Yeah, regulation. It's gotta oh, be regulation. Man, that's be gonna regulation. Crush us. We can't we can't give you guys that point. We need you it. Think, it has to be okay. regulation. You think Nashville's going the Nashville Predators fan base is going crazy today? <laughs> if, if if we lose four three in regulation on Friday night, then um there's gonna be a lot of like Nashville Preds Twitter will be uh blowing up. You guys and have I'm a sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be to the It'll be to the delight of a lot of Blackhawks fans <laughs> if they can see that happen. I'm sure. So, yeah, uh, what were you saying? Though? Cool schedule too coming up too. I think you guys got like Tampa. We, Florida. Yeah. Well, we, we still have to play Carolina. 
We still have to play Carolina twice. We still have to play Florida twice. We have a huge, one more huge game against the Dallas Stars, which is our GM. Our GM actually came out today and said he feels like that's going to be the must win game. I'm like, why are you saying that? Like, that's a weird (laughs) thing. That's a weird thing to say. Like, why are you looking past games we have right in front of us? But either way, it's going to be a huge game. We appreciate you jumping on. I got, I got one more question with us. Oh, yeah. I got one more question. And this is, this is because, this is because I, I talked a lot of smack about Chicago pizza. So <laughs> I will say I've had Garibaldi's wasn't terrible. Wasn't, I'm not going to like, it's not the, my best, you know, the best pizza I've ever had all the time, but what would you do? How would you rank Chicago pizza eateries? Oh, like just in general or like the places, the places. Um, Ooh, see, I'm a big, so if, from the big, you know, the brand brand names, that everybody knows like Giordano's Luminati's and all that kind of stuff. I think Giordano's is top notch. Um, I think I think Luminati's is overrated. I I'm not great. I honestly, personally, I'm the worst Chicago person to talk to because I think Chicago pizza is a little bit overrated to begin with. Oh, okay, oh, we okay. have some common ground here. I appreciate everybody. So yeah, everybody. Uh, we have a uh, Gino's East here here in Nashville. Actually, okay, that that's uh, that I actually worked at briefly, and I gotta say. I like some deep dish Chicago style pizza. I really do. It's like eating lasagna. Like I love it. <laughs> See, true Chicago pizza, in my mind, isn't the deep dish stuff. It's that stuff that you get from okay. the mom and pop shops that's cut into squares. That is true Chicago style style pizza, in my opinion. That stuff's good. Well, deep dish. Go. Every now All right. Then. Respect it. All right. So we learned we learned we learned a little bit about some Chicago style pizza from from a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. Uh, host so that's that's a perfect way to wrap up episode 38 we're going to get ready for friday night's game which is uh, do or die for both teams most likely zach thank you so much for joining the podcast we really appreciate it oh thanks um, for having us and and you're definitely got to come back on the show again for so sure off season. until then yeah. everyone thanks for listening to episode 38 of the catfish nights podcast this is Ch- this is chad benton with Quinn. and until next time we'll see you next week for episode 39 everyone take care up devils fans it's your boy neil bill piano make sure you check out the devil's state of mind podcast here on the hockey podcast network from taylor ham or pork roll to how much we hate the rangers we got you covered new episodes every monday wherever you listen to podcasts or on the hockey podcast network website and always remember to rock on Woo!